Let's give thanks for the music this morning. And I've always wanted to be a part of a church that played Stevie Wonder in the service. And for those of you that were not at the camp, I'd like for Andy to play the bass riff that he played on of Sir Duke. Would you hit it, Andy? It was so fun to see the kids singing that and dancing that. In fact, I heard it all week as they were practicing above my office. And I'm going, that's where it started. We're familiar with the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon on the Plain. Like I said the last time I preached, the 13th chapter is the Sermon from the Boat or the Sermon on the Sea. From that boat, using the PA, the water as a PA system to project his voice, Jesus tells this series of parables that describe what it's like to live under the rule of God. He began with the parable of the sower, which I dubbed the prodigal sower. Then he told the parable of the evil sower who sowed weeds among wheat. This morning, though, we continue to ponder his sermon on the sea with five more parables. Our country is founded on not having a king, so the word kingdom does not translate as well for us. We're a country founded on laws, on rules, that we expect everyone to observe and obey. So this morning, when I talk about the rule of God, I want to use, that's instead of the word kingdom. The rule of God is like, Those of you who are on Facebook, also now known as Meta, know what it is to be liked. On Facebook, if you post something that people like, they click on an icon of a gigam sign. (laughs) Facebook automatically notifies the world that last Friday was my 72nd birthday. And having done none other than open an account and lived one more day, I received 257 likes. I later posted a picture that day of my three grandchildren with me that's received 240 likes and counting. But who's counting? But the like I liked the most was the t-shirt my wife gave me that says... Luke, I am your father. (laughs) Some time ago, a friend of mine shared what it is like to try to make friends outside of Facebook. He wrote, I've been trying to make friends outside of Facebook, and I thought I would apply the same practices. So today I go outside my building and just start walking down the street. And as I pass people, I let them know what I had to eat, how I feel right now, what I did last night, what I'll do later. 
I thought it would be interesting to hand out pictures of my family, my dog, my, my, my wife, and some of me doing some of my favorite things. If they were talking, I would stop and listen to their conversation and then give them a good old thumbs up and let them know that I like them. And it actually worked. I now have four people following me, two police officers, a private investigator, and a psychiatrist. In the 1952 presidential election, those who favored a particular candidate wore buttons that said, I like Ike. I don't know if he could win anything today with a slogan like, he's good enough for me. (laughs) Today, good enough isn't good enough. Those for whom Ike was good enough for them were saying they agreed what Ike stood for. They didn't want to be like Ike. They just liked Ike. But in the 80s, the Gatorade came out with a commercial and a song that encouraged kids to dream of being like Mike, as in Michael Jordan, who just sold his interest in the Charlotte Hornets. Those who used to like in that way, they were saying they wanted to dunk like Mike, even though most of them never would. I drank Gatorade all I could, and all I could dunk was a donut. Those who liked Mike voted for him, those who liked Ike voted for him to be president. Those who wanted to be like Mike drank Gatorade. But those of us who like Jesus, who want to be like Jesus, have to love one another and love others and listen when he tells them what being and loving and living in him is like. So in this morning's gospel lesson, we see five different illustrations that Jesus uses to describe what it's like living under the rule of God. What does Jesus choose to illustrate this movement he's starting? A huge oak tree? No, it's like a mustard seed. Small and common. Not big, not majestic. One commentator pointed out that the mustard plant is really a weed. Left unchecked, it can grow to a bush big enough to birds nest to nest in. But like all weeds, they come up as a surprise, which must have mystified Jesus' hearers when he said somebody actually planted a weed. Michael Vinson writes, The mustard seed can get stuck under the tip of a fingernail, yet from the smallest seed grows a shrub as large as a tree. Not just tall, but it's also wide. It's known as the poor man's fence providing shade and protection at no cost. It kept predators out and children in. The mustard plant was thick, providing nesting places for birds that brightened the yard with music and color and at the same time helped keep the insect population under control. The kingdom Jesus came to bring brings comfort, protection, and safety for the family. It's available to the poorest of the poor, a reward far greater than the investment. The rule of God is where God's love is stronger than any other power, human or cosmic. It doesn't have to look powerful, doesn't need to have tanks or armies. The rule of God is small and ordinary, full of people who love peace, people who feed the poor. Now, Jesus continues offering more examples of what it's like living in the rule of God, in piling like upon like, 
he stacked story upon story showcasing how priceless this new possibility was for persons who could grasp the truth. Jesus said the rule of God is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all was leavened. You know how much three measures of flour was? About 80 pounds. This woman is not Martha Stewart whipping up a couple of delicate exquisite biscuits that weigh less than a canary. No, she's emptying 16 five-pound bags of flour into the biggest mixing bowl you've ever seen, pouring 42 cups of water, got a massive dough on her hands that weighs 100 pounds. She's kneading this lump of dough, shaping it, pounding 100 pounds of it that's been influenced by just a little bit of yeast. That's what the rule of God that Jesus came to bring is like. Jesus is saying that the rule of God is like a small seed or a pinch of yeast that will surprise you. A little goes a long way. It will grow. It will have tremendous influence beyond its size. And Jesus continues, the rule of God is like a hidden treasure waiting to be found. Today, people dream of winning the lottery. Well, keep dreaming. No one matched all six numbers of the Friday night jackpot that surged to 10.05 billion with a B. That would have been a nice birthday present for me, but I would have had to buy a ticket. In Jesus' time, people dreamed of finding treasure buried in a field. Commerce and banking were not as sophisticated as they are today. There was no offshore banks or in the Grand Caymans, no unnumbered accounts in Switzerland. So people who wanted to secure their wealth buried it in the ground. Gained no interest, but it was secure. Unfortunately, some of the people died before reclaiming their treasure, and it just lay there waiting for someone to discover it. Similarly, Jesus said, the rule of God is like finding a pearl of great price. This is in some way similar to the treasure in the field. One man apparently gets lucky and finds treasure in a field. And the other is a dealer in pearls whose deliberate search leads him to one exquisite pearl. Both men are surprised to find what they were looking for. Both are overjoyed. Both sell everything they have in order to get what they found. But I wonder, is Jesus saying something about the availability of God's rule. The first man is digging in a field and gets lucky with an unexpected break and he stumbles across the treasure, buries it again and goes and buys the field so he'll have the rights to that treasure. The second man is not lucky. He's not stumbling. He is a searcher. He's diligently, deliberately, painstakingly looking to find the finest pearl. And when he does, he sells everything to purchase it. Yet even though these two people are very different, their ways and efforts are unlike, one thing is true. The treasure, the discovery, is a marvelous gift, a great surprise, a cause for great joy. Is life with God just for the lucky ones who happen to stumble on it? Or is it only for searchers who search diligently for years? Or is it for both? And maybe you thought, if I was only as lucky as he is, His faith seems so natural. Or maybe you've wondered, if I was just as dedicated and persistent as she is, 
When we think those things, we risk not hearing Jesus' words about the rule of God being widely available to everyone. So don't spend your time wishing you were some other kind of person. When you have heard about Jesus, you have encountered the treasure. And when through Jesus you catch a glimpse of how wonderful life is, living under God's rule, no price is too high to pay. The last parable from the Sermon on the Sea says the rule of God is like a net that catches fish of every kind. Back then, observant Jews could only consume those fish that had scales and fins. No lobster, crabs, scallops, clams, or shrimp. Those bottom-feeding fish were not kosher and simply thrown back into the sea. Organic farmers are all about returning nutrients to the soil through the use of organic natural composting materials, stuff that decomposes and enriches the soil, giving the next generation of plants the best possible launching pad they could hope for. These fishermen are doing the same thing. They're winnowing out the clean from the unclean, and by returning the unclean bottom feeders to the sea, they're creating a better environment for the fins and scales what they're interested in harvesting. Living under the rule of God, following the direction of God, having the ability to distinguish and separate the good from the bad has tremendous benefits. However you may find the rule of God in your life, whether it sprouts up in your backyard or it works works its way into your life and transforms it like a little bit of yeast, or you stumble across it coincidentally, or you discover it after a lifelong search or surprised by your ability to discern good from bad, however you find yourself living in the rule of God, don't pass up the chance to count the cost and pay it. It'll be the greatest investment you'll ever make, the greatest adventure you'll ever take. How are you investing your time and your talents in other people's lives. Here's one way I love doing it. On Sunday, July 16th, after I finished preaching here, I left to go to Quiet Valley Ranch in Kerrville, Texas. That ranch is the site where the Kerrville Folk Foundation has been holding their music festivals since 1972. And for every July and 19 of those years, they've held a music camp for teens in conjunction with Boys and Girls Club of Central Texas. This was my second year to get to go. We had 45 campers from the ages of 13 to 17. Our faculty hailed from California, Oregon, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Texas. We taught the students to write poetry, to write songs, to play hand drums called cajones, like this one right here in the center, where you sit on it and hit it. You don't have to have sticks or symbols, right? So each morning, I, I had a couple of helpers, and I had a 90-minute session with 15 different campers to fit them to an instrument that they could take home with them and teach them the basics and how to play three or four chords. By the last night, we had eight ukuleles and 34 guitars playing Proud Mary and Let It Be. But on the third morning, I picked out a small nylon stringed guitar for one girl, and later that afternoon she returned for more instruction and free time, 
and I discovered a couple of the tuning pegs were defective. I was discerning the good from the bad. And I told her I'd have to give her a different guitar. She said, I don't care what guitar I get. I'm just so glad to be here. What a great attitude. Luckily, I found another guitar that worked for her, and I brought that guitar with the bad tuning keys back to Houston and put new tuning keys on it. Here's how another person shared their talents this week. On Tuesday of this week, I went to one of the classes that Samantha Pape, who's been singing with us today, taught for the Sofa Music Camp here in the sanctuary. She sang opera in tennis shoes. I wish you could have seen the students' faces when she sang. One little boy's on the front row, his jaw just... and stayed there. So afterwards, I talked with Samantha and thanked her for her sharing her gift with the children. And in our conversation, she said she'd always wanted to learn guitar. I said, follow me. I took her to my office and showed her a few chords on the guitar with the newly replaced tuning keys that I wouldn't have had here had I not been able to discern the good from the bad. She's now on her way to singing opera and tennis shoes with a guitar. (laughs) Who knows, maybe the banjo is next. I mean, you said you can't imagine someone singing a sad song with a banjo. I believe that sowing musical seeds in young people's lives whether it's in 107 degrees in the hill country last week or in our air-conditioned sanctuary this week, will produce surprising results. Who knows who the next hill country artist will come from last week's camp in Quiet Valley Ranch? Who knows the next opera singer from our cookie jar camp will be? I'm looking forward to being surprised. I'm grateful for the organizers and faculty and support staff of the Music Camp for Teens, and I'm grateful for the Mandy Kung and Basti Adkins and the faculty and support staff of our School of Fine Arts Music Camp here. And I'm especially grateful for those who choose to step out and risk learning something new, especially if that something new is discovering what living under the reign of God is like. I believe that the good news of Jesus' love can make dynamic impact in our world. And I believe that when we find ourselves living under the rule of God, we will find our true destiny, which is worth more than anything. It will grow within us to provide shelter for others like a mustard plant. It will influence us and help us to influence those around us like yeast causes dough to rise. It will help us discover what is truly worth treasuring and pay the cost to make it our own. It will help us discern good from bad for the good of all. Finding out why we are here and doing something about it is more precious than silver, more costly than gold, more beautiful than diamonds. Nothing we desire compares with knowing God and being surprised by what living under God's rule is like. Let us pray. Lord, surprise us. Sprout up around us. Work your way into our lives. May we seek you and find you and be willing 
to let go of the things that hinder us from fully experiencing the joy of following where you lead us. We pray for peace in the hearts of those who have suffered the loss of loved ones, especially this last week, for the family and friends of Susan Otell and Margaret Ann McLeod Cook. We pray for the places in the earth where your peace is not present. We pray for those in harm's way. We pray for missionaries who leave home to take the good news of the kingdom where it has yet to go. We pray we will embrace and enjoy and thrive as we experience what living under your rule is like. Amen.